Hello and welcome to the Own Your Role podcast. I'm your host, Dean Watt, and I'm your guide to exceptional leadership and dynamic culture in your business. Join me each week as we explore practical tips through fun and fascinating interviews with successful business owners who've mastered the art of leadership. Over the last 20 years as a keynote speaker, author, and high-performing team transformation specialist, I've been fascinated by what it takes to create a great culture and dedicated team members in a business. When leaders truly own their roles and empower their team members to do the same, a great culture is always the result. So whether you're on your couch or in your car, on a treadmill or hiking up a hill, get ready to be inspired and entertained as you learn exactly how to own your role. And welcome once again, everybody, to the Own Your Role podcast. Uh, I'm your host, as always, Dino Watt, and I'm super excited to have you here again for a day of learning and growth and abundance and stretching your mind with our guest. As you noticed over the last few episodes, we've had so many people who have talked about their personal stories, whether it be the amazing uh, growth and abundance that they've had in their business life or their personal life. I've just really appreciated everybody's vulnerability. It's been a lot of fun. And I think today is going to be no different. I've been able to connect with and talk with Corey before we did this episode and before we actually got on this call and just kind of got to know a little bit more about him and his purpose in life. And it was really exciting. And I'm I'm thrilled to have him here as a guest. Before we get on to the show, remember, I'm always grateful for those of you that have subscribed and make sure you get that notification, whether it be on YouTube or on podcast uh, channels. And as well as we've had a few of you reach out talking about your friends that you have shared the episode with because you felt something in the episode connected with somebody that you knew. And that really means a lot. So thank you so much for being a part of the Own Your Role podcast family. With that being said, let's get on to today's episode. So Corey Tronsky is a, an amazing real estate investor, educator, and someone who really cares about helping people have that American dream, have that dream of getting into their first home. And we're going to dive into that. But as we always do, we're going to dive into his, his story and probably a few other things as well. So first of all, welcome to the show, Corey. Thank you. Um, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's, you know, I'm so glad we got to have kind of a pre-show a couple of weeks ago and get to know each other a little bit better. Uh, I was excited that when I saw you pop up my, on my calendar this morning as I was going to my planning, I was like, oh, cool, we finally get to finish that conversation. So yeah, uh, it was good. Tell us, Corey, a little bit. I love always to start off with story. I love to start off with, because I think stories connect all of us. What's your story? How did you get involved in what you're doing right now? But let's even go further back. Of Tell us a little bit about how you grew up, uh, what your ambitions were, and then where you are now. Yeah, so um, I grew up as a military brat, which I then you know became full-fledged military as I got older. older. Moved around quite a bit. Um, you know, I started off, you know, I was born in Arizona. We moved to Guam, Oklahoma, Panama, the country. Uh, still have some pretty good memories from back then, even though I was I was younger. And then my my parents eventually settled down in the state of North Dakota, where my dad had his last tour in the Air Force, and then he retired, and they retired to stay in North Dakota. You know, I wasn't like super crazy about the state of North Dakota. It gets super cold up there. Um, I've actually seen a hundred above and a hundred below there. So, oh my gosh, yeah, quite the range, I will say. Um, but yeah, so we settled uh, down in a place called Minot, North Dakota, where you know I finished elementary and even went to my first couple of years of college there. Um, 
And I actually went to the University of North Dakota to play football. Only really was there one year for football purposes. Uh, you know, I wasn't really super focused on, you know, I was like a young college guy who went went to school uh, to play football, not focused. And uh, that actually what led me to uh, leaving college to join the Navy. Oh, I, I think I skipped over, hey, what did I want to do when I was uh, younger? And I was obviously play football. So I started playing football from the time I was in fifth grade all the way wow. up through my freshman year of college. So yeah, a lot of, you know, bangs and bumps over that course of time. But and, yeah, so, oh, go ahead. Let me just ask you that. When you realized maybe that's not going to be your full trajectory in life, how'd you deal with that? So, you know, I uh, I still had high hopes leaving high school um you know i was a I, I played football was a starter there you know earned a lot of letters and everything probably people from the outside looking in could probably tell i wasn't going to make it to the nfl but you know i still had that hope and dream of going and playing college football and then maybe being able to you know springboard that into an nfl career but as i got to college you know you you really kind of come across some of those guys that you know they're going to make it actually on our team we were a smaller university but we did have one guy that he went on to have like a 14 year career in the nfl wow. and just you know there there's a huge difference between between him and all the other players on the team we had a couple of guys that went and you know, had a very short stint in the NFL, many of them on the practice squad. But yeah, there's a huge difference between him and everyone else on the team. So yeah, when you see that, it becomes clear, you know. You came into uh, the reality of like, well, maybe not. You know, it's, yeah, it's fun, but it might not be the rest of my life. Yeah, exactly. And, it, you know, I, it, I, I don't know if that really drove me to not be as motivated as I was going into college, but yeah, I mean, I just got really distracted with a lot of the other things that you see as a, a young male in college, you know, yeah. so. Um, Freedom, yeah, all that stuff, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I stuck around for at the University of North Dakota for a little bit longer before I uh, eventually left to to join the Navy. And uh, first of all, thank you for your service. That's awesome. <laughs> and I know there's a lot of people here appreciate that. And a lot of uh, the people that listen to the show had some sort of military <laughs> service too. <laughs> So you get into the Navy. Is the Navy something that you have ambition because you saw your, was your dad Navy too, by the way? He was Air Force. Air Force. Okay. So you get into the Navy and you, do you have ambition in the military that you want to grow to something else? Or was it just, you knew it was a stepping stone? So I remember taking one of those uh, aptitude tests in high school. It said, Hey, this is what you should do. And it, it, I don't remember everything on there, but basically it was like medical field or the military. And oh. so, you know, that kind of was like when my path wasn't going the way I thought it was, you know, in sports, I was like, well, you know, that test said maybe I'd be good in the military. Obviously I had experience with being a military brat. Um, so I figured I'd go give it a try to just kind of change the direction of my life since, you know, I was, I was a bit kind of a slacker at that point. I mean, my grades weren't bad, but I, I wasn't trying at them, you know? Sure. So, um, so, yeah, so that's what really drove me to the military. And I, I honestly picked the Navy so that I wouldn't get stationed in North Dakota. So that's why the Air Force was out. Not a lot of oceans in North Dakota. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so how long did you do your military service? Uh, almost 23 years. Oh, wow. Okay. So when, so that wasn't too long ago that you got out. 
Yeah, I, uh, I, my final, like, last day in the Navy was uh, September 30th of 2021. So almost two years now. Wow, amazing. Okay. So uh, in the military, what was your greatest accomplishment? Oh, man. Um, it's, I think it can be kind of hard to define personal accomplishment in the military because there's just so many people involved. Um, like my last, you know, I, I really, the pinnacle of like my Navy career, I think kind of was my last scene going career or duty, um, where I oversaw like 140 enlisted and, you know, officers, in um, on board the USS Truman, I oversaw like reactor control and instrumentation and electrical distribution. So big job definitely consumed a lot of time and um but obviously i didn't do it on my own i i had a lot of smart people underneath me so that was kind of like the uh you know obviously you can go beyond that um i worked for someone and that job who oversaw the entire director department of like 400 some sailors so um but yeah that that was kind of like where i was like i i think i'm gonna be done after this i did one follow-on shore duty where i went and i inspected basically people that did my job previously um but yeah that that was kind of like the final milestone that i hit had a lot of uh good talented people under me and um we accomplish a lot of good things so was it during the military service that you started to think about like real estate Mm -hmm. and all of that i'm assuming it had to be during not after it hasn't only been two years so yeah so um so my parents actually had a couple of rentals when i was younger but i wasn't I, i didn't really see that too much it was kind of something that they did and then they you know they rented it back to family uh, they rented it back to family. And so it wasn't really a big part of what we did. Um, it wasn't really until later on when I uh, when I was actually enlisted and I got selected to be a staff member in one of our training commands. And one of our senior enlisted advisors was telling me about how he did real estate. And, you know, he was buying, he started off small and bought basically like smaller apartment complexes. And that his goal was to be a millionaire by the time he was 40 and that he was going to meet that goal. And so it was uh, that 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 advice kind of like really stuck into me. Um, And, you know, I didn't really get to act on it at that point in time, just because the nature of what my life was at that point. But, you know, again, it's something I carried with me and several years down the road, even after I was able to. Um, transition from the enlisted community to the officer community. Um, I remember one of my captains asking my asking me where I saw myself in five years. Mm. And, you know, I kind of gave him the general junior officer spiel of like, you know, meeting milestones, you know, continue to press progress through my, you know, my Navy time, you know. Uh, but then I also told him I wanted to be a real estate investor and he kind of chuckled and he's like, oh yeah, I'm sure, you know, uh, well, just keep focusing on your, your Navy stuff. Military stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Don't dream so, too big, son. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, the Navy needs people like you, you know. Tamp it down. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So yeah, I'm not, not completely dismissive, but you know, uh, yeah you know, focus on your Navy stuff. Right. Right. The gist that I got from there. And and so your first house you bought when? So we bought our first house in uh, 2010 when we moved to Washington state. 
And it's it's interesting. One of the things that I uh, I discuss a lot is I consider myself actually having two first rentals, and this was the first one. So I we walked into it, you know, kind of just like oh we'll see what happens type mentality. And a lot of people in the military actually have the concept of hey, as long as I'm paying my mortgage, I'm good to go when it comes to if they're yeah. going to rent the house or, out or not. And we kind of had that mentality. And so, you know, we were like, hey, we're going to go buy a house. We actually ended up getting it built um, in a new development there. Mm -hmm. uh, we lived in it for a couple of years and we had hoped to kind of get a follow on shore duty there to kind of have, you know, not move around as much as we we ended up doing. So um, after that tour was over, they're like, hey, we got a great job for you in D.C. So I had to move all the way across country. We decided to turn the uh, the house into a rental, which was something that we had previously discussed. And again, we were like, hey, as long as we're making our mortgage, we're going to be good to go. But, you know, it's one of those things where um, our what we rented it out was barely more than what our mortgage was. And then so when you take into account the property management fees, we were sure. basically breaking even. Yeah. We were, we were lucky in that it was a new, you know, like a new build. So there wasn't a ton of maintenance. And so that was just kind of like, you know, building up, it was appreciating, which was positive, but we just weren't really getting the cash flow. Sure. And so that's kind of one of the things that when we, uh, a couple of years down the road, when we kind of really got into purchasing rental properties that we wanted to make sure that we improved upon. So, yeah, that was kind of the cash flow. It's all about the cash flow. Um, yeah, I mean, it's good to have cash flow and appreciation, but it certainly helps to get cash flow so that you're not paying out of your own pocket. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, some of the benefits from that house is we used our VA loan. So we were we actually worked it where we didn't have to put any money at the closing table. Oh, nice. And there was a federal government um, benefit at that time for new home buyers, I think, to kind of stimulate new, you know, new purchases and everything like that. So we ended up actually getting $8,000 on our taxes returned because of that home purchase. So, I mean, we we actually got a pretty good deal, um, but it just, it wasn't really cash flowing because, you know, we didn't really look into the market and kind of figure out what we would expect from the rent when we did move out, um, whenever that was going to be. Sure. Okay. So now you get into, uh, you get out of the military and you start <clears throat> working into the, in the real estate world. And you create your brand, which is one house at a time. I'm mm -hmm. assuming that's to help people really look at the way to build their wealth as opposed to what a, what I think you see a lot on, I, I was going to say an infomercial. Do they do infomercials anymore? I don't know if they do infomercials anymore, but uh, you know. The, not on uh, Netflix. <laughs> not on Netflix. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the old Carlton Sheets stuff or whatever where it's, you know, and that's where I first started is Carlton Sheets. That was my very first dive into real estate do you know carlton sheets are you old enough to know? i don't know i oh i'd be old enough but i don't know him wow i just totally outed myself so carlton sheets was a guy who would be on late night tv in a setting like hawaii in a hawaiian shirt talking about how you too can own real estate and all the tax benefits to it and and what he said was correct it was just kind of cheesy but it was the first thing i ever purchased and learned about this whole world of real estate uh, then I grew into different and other companies and people like Robert Allen and Ron LeGrand and Grant Cardone and these guys. So tell me where what you do to help people really understand the power of that one house at a time. 
Yeah, so it's it's one of those things where you don't necessarily need to go out overnight and just create this vast amounts of wealth. I mean, a lot of it is, you know, kind of what I experienced when I was uh, communicating with junior sailors. Uh, so, I mean, even while I was still in the Navy, I was continuing to work to build my own personal portfolio. Um, I actually even closed uh, a couple of houses while I was on deployment, which was very tricky and uh, not easy to do, but in some situations it's possible. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it was pretty interesting. I was happy I was able to do it um, just because we could also still mail stuff off the ship. So that was good. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So uh, tell me a little bit more about the process. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it kind of, it, it, formed itself kind of as I went through building my my own personal portfolio. And, you know, I take things that I learned from in the beginning when, you know, being able to use the VA loan to purchase my own house and then eventually convert that into a rental down the road and, and you know, benefit from the appreciation. Now that there's a lot of things that I learned later on that would have made that more beneficial for me. And so really, it's about me building my portfolio and all the lessons that I learned to kind of help people that are looking to do something very similar, um, you know, kind of build their portfolio with the benefit of what I learned over that period of time. Because there's a lot of things that I recommend now that I didn't necessarily do in my own, you know, in my own course to where I am today. Well, that's just going to ask you about the strategy, right? Like, so do you have specific strategy? Do you have a buffet of strategy that you use depending on the client? Yeah, I mean, everyone's situation is going to be a little bit different, but the the idea I, I think is kind of the same as you work through it. So, I mean, I, ideally, you you do need to start. You need to get out there, and you gotta you gotta make that jump, that leap into working your way, way to the to this path of net worth you know, riches, cash flow, whatever you want to, whatever gets you excited. Yeah. Um, but the, but the, there's a lot of benefits that are available that will help you get started. And like I said, a lot of the folks that I talk to are military. So I really stress the importance of uh, appropriately lose, uh, using your VA loan because you can really get into a, a nice house with little to no money down. Um, but that's something that you need to understand and kind of determine as you work and identify a house that would make sense. Hey, is it going to, if I'm going to use this as a house uh, or as a rental down the road, does it make sense as a rental now? And then, so that's something that you need to take into account and evaluate the market. Does it make sense as a rental? And so that's why I think a lot of times people don't have that mindset um, when they go into purchasing that house that could impact them down the road. And so there's there's bigger things that than just like, hey, I really like this neighborhood. This house would be great. I mean, the house that I live in right now would not really work as a rental. Um, but, you know, the, the intent was never to, to turn it into a rental. Right. I mean, really, it, you know, this house has better appreciation than it would necessarily with, you know, renting out and then getting cash flow on the back end. So, I mean, some people are okay with that. Not really what I recommend because you're you're at risk of paying out of pocket to pay for expenses, CapEx, you know, what have you, um, which then, you know, is more of a, a liability from that perspective. Well, let's talk about uh, this idea of why do you, why was it important for you to help people get into the space of owning real estate and, and 
Obviously, it did something for you. What do you see it being able to do for other people? So again, real, owning real estate is probably not necessarily for everyone, um, but it is for a lot of people because it's it's tangible, right? Mm. You can go and you can see it. You can feel it. You can walk through it. Everyone has lived, most everyone has probably lived in a house or a dwelling of some, you know, something uh, over the course of their life. So it's something that people are already familiar with. They just may not necessarily be familiar with the uh, advantages associated with either cash flow, appreciation, some of the tax benefits that can come from it. So that's why it, I think it's important to kind of share that knowledge with people and help them determine if that's a right path for them. Some people are, you know, diehard fans of their 401k, their IRA, their, you know, investing in the stock market. And if they're not necessarily comfortable with the idea of real estate, you know, maybe that's not necessarily for them. But I think this is a great way to build wealth beyond um, those other investment vehicles, right? I used to be really big into the stock market before I transitioned to real estate. And, you know, real estate definitely significantly increased my net worth at a faster pace than what I saw when I was investing. And, you know, I uh, I did a lot of research, you know, not like a day trader type research, but you know, I, I subscribed to newsletters. I did a lot of reading on various stocks and all that sort of stuff. And I felt like for me, I did probably fairly well, you know, not as well as what, you know, professionals do, but it's one of those things that you have to realize who are you competing against when it comes to your investment strategy. And there's a ton of super smart hedge funds out there that may not be open to you, but they're out there impacting your ability to trade in the stock market. And you can say somewhat the same thing about the real estate market. There are a lot of ton of super smart real estate investors out there. But the fact is, is real estate is a lot more local than the stock market. And so you, you don't necessarily need to be able to beat all the super smart institutional money out there on a daily basis to get started in real estate. Um, because they're not always looking at the house next door or the house a couple blocks over. I mean, the, there are some funds out there that do go and invest in single family properties, but again, that's going to be in specific markets that they're looking at. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it, I, I think the, a lot of the times the people that you're competing against on, you know, a, a transactional basis may be someone that's very similar to you as opposed to, you know, the shark, you know? Yeah. What, uh, who, who's your ideal client? Like somebody comes to you or they're thinking about this, like who do you like to work with the most? Is it military people? Is it, you know, what? Yeah. I mean, that that's a lot of the people that I've, I've coached in the past are people in the military, whether it's when we are on deployment and we're sitting there on watch and just having a discussion on how someone can improve their financial situation and then turn that into the start of building their own real estate portfolio, um, but I have talked to more non-military people recently. There are some, there are some parallels that are the same, like, as opposed to a VA loan, you have the FHA loan sure. uh, where you're, you're not necessarily, you, you still have to do a down payment with an FHA loan, but the concept's kind of the same. Mm. And so there are parallels, but yeah, I mean, typically, uh, a lot of people in the military reach out to me to kind of discuss their situation and how they can, you know start to build their portfolio before they get out of the military and, you know, kind of create that passive income that may not necessarily replace their full income or their full W2 income, but um, 
it can provide them flexibility and options that they wouldn't have had otherwise. Well, let's talk about the world today. Like how are people yeah. approaching you in this economy and the housing market that it is now? And of course it's different in every location, but um, what do you feel like is the biggest thing you have to overcome? Is it mindset or is it market? Uh, you know, it's always a combination. Um, when I started investing here locally, I think we were still somewhat suppressed from the, you know, the downturn in 2008. Mm-hmm. But even then, you can still, there are still good deals out there. You just have to realize that how the current rate market is going to impact you when you go and make that purchase. Um, because, you know, like my current home, we have an interest rate of like just over 2%. But I have, I have, I actually have investment properties that range from, you know, four and a half to over 6% on interest rates, but it was done in such a way that I was still able to cash flow on those properties. Right. Um, so that's just something that you need to take into account. And so you, you know, as you approach purchasing a property, you need to figure out like, okay, what is my deck going to look like? How can I, you know, work with the, the expenses associated with the property? What are the asking rents? I need to make sure that I'm not going to start myself out in a hole, uh, even if I do have a, a tenant in their pain, you know, pain on time. And so when you have this new person come to you, percentage wise, how many people are are ready versus how many people have to like get ready and spend some time to. So uh, some of the people that have reached out to me recently, you know, they're in various stages. Um, Some of them are, you know, they've already had their first purchase and they're looking to kind of figure out how to improve the performance of that or move into purchasing the next one. Another gentleman that I had been talking to recently, he's actually, he used a VA loan to purchase his first house and he did some upgrades to it. And now he's looking to, he's going to sell it though, because there's a lot of appreciation there. And he's going to use that as a down payment on his next home because they're moving. Um, And then they're looking to basically rehab that new home that they get and, you know, kind of do that as they work through and build up a little bit of, um, you know, uh, cash in order to put more down, have more attractive offers. And then that's how they're going to build their portfolio. Got it. Uh, do you work in this with your wife or are you guys, uh, you mentioned her earlier, do you guys do this together or? Uh, not, not, I mean, she's a partner in our businesses, but I do the vast majority of everything for our, our own personal portfolio. Yeah. And, and getting that, in, uh, I mean, I mean, yeah. in the business side of things of her helping, you mentioned as we were uh, off the air earlier about your logo and your wife helped with the logo because she's yeah. got you know, obviously good taste. <laughs> so, so you know, her working with that. Do you find it easier to, or diff- more difficult or really neutral to deal with working with couples and kind of helping them achieve that dream of home ownership or multi-home ownership? So usually when I, I'm dealing with someone, it, it's on kind of more on a one, one-on-one basis. And usually they've already had that discussion before we kind of talk and, you know, they kind of lay out what they would like to do and kind of move from move forward from there. So really it's, you know, it's one person or the other that kind of reaches out to me that we're having that conversation. Um, they, occasionally it, it will end up being two people, but the vast majority of the time I'm, I'm just kind of working with one person on 
on that side of the couple. That makes well, sense. let's let's assume somebody's listening to this show and they go home and they start talking to their spouse about homeownership or multi-homeownership. I'm I'm gonna guess that most people listening to the show have some sort of ownership of a home, but maybe not multi-homes uh, for rental properties and for investment strategy. What should they start? looking at now or deciding on now before they reach out to someone like you or get into the market, especially in today's world? So they they should kind of get, a, they should understand where they're looking to purchase at least. I mean, I can help people kind of talk through that, but usually most people understand, hey, I think real estate's the way to go. Um, I don't necessarily know how to go from where I'm at, where I just live in a home and I want to get into rentals. I mean, that's something obviously I can help them work through as they kind of work through the process. Um, I mean, it's beneficial to make sure that your your financials are in order, get a sense of, hey, if I go out and get debt, what is that debt going to look like? Because that helps you with the evaluation process mm -hmm. as you kind of work like, okay, so I'm going to go look at my next home, whether it's going to be, I'm going to live in it and then turn it into a rental. Um so I, I, it really helps to kind of get that understanding of what your own financial picture is and how that's going to impact you on the debt as you go to look at your next property. So you mentioned something about finding on your area. Do you do you focus on a local strategy? Can people look at properties that are maybe not in their local area? I'm I'm specifically thinking of you know, your high value areas, say like a, a California area, even though I don't think anybody's moving into California nowadays, but in general, the, you know, higher property values, finding something that's going to cash flow is going to be a little more challenging in a California type market or a New York type market. Whereas if I'm a California, if I live in California and I said, oh, let me go look into Indiana or, you know, Georgia, do you work uh, with that and help them strategize in that space as well? Or- yeah, I, I can. Um, I mean, I I really looked at the the perspective of, hey, we had a house in Washington State and we lived in Virginia while still managing that. And I also had to continue to manage my personal portfolio while I was on deployment, you know, halfway around the world. Uh, now, granted, the, the thing that I did, which you'll need to do in those locations is you need to establish that local team. So mm -hmm. it's it's really hard to go and say, hey, I live in San Francisco. I want to buy rental properties in Indiana. You need to have, you do need to set up a team in that local area that you can trust that will help you along with that process. And so that that's the big thing is you don't necessarily need to be there. I think it's maybe a little bit easier of a jump if it is local, but obviously if you're in an area where nothing works, then you have to start to look outside of that area. Maybe it's beneficial to, not jump halfway across the country. If maybe you're in San Francisco, maybe there's an area either, you know, a couple hours away from San Francisco or in Nevada, that mm -hmm. makes sense where you can go out, you can get a sense of the location. But there are definitely people who their first jump is, you know, from Los Angeles to somewhere else. In the country. Yeah. So okay. that is definitely possible. So I'm a, I'm a busy professional listening to this show. And I'm thinking, yeah, I do need to add to my investment portfolio. Like you said, real estate's tangible. Uh, even in the market that we are today, finding a good deal still possible. I want to, you know, take advantage of that. How much work am I going to have to put into 
this process because I'm a busy professional. The last thing I need is another job. How much work do I got to put into this? So, I mean, that that's really kind of dependent on the person, um, you know, someone that, you know, they've been working for a long time and they have this huge nest egg. Maybe they're not as interested in going and buying, you know, properties that they're specifically responsible for owning and operating. Yeah. Um, but even then, I mean, I, I did it in the military. I continued to purchase and manage properties and build my portfolio across multiple deployments, workup cycles, while over overseeing, you know, reactor control for two reactors on an aircraft carrier. So, I mean, I definitely had days where I, I spent, you know, 12 to 20 hours even where I was working on my job. Right. And so, I mean, even then it's still possible. You just have to make sure that you establish the right team to kind of assist you through that. And it's, if you hire a team member then it doesn't work out and you're finding out a lot of stuff is falling back on you, you know, you, you change the team member, but it's possible to still be busy and build your own uh, personal um, rental profile uh, portfolio. What is your favorite thing about being able to do what you do with people helping them get into those homes? In terms of like starting to build their own personal portfolio. Yeah. 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 I mean, I really enjoy talking real estate. I love, I love something that I can control. And I mean, because, you know, I bought stocks, but the stock market could be crazy. And even though there's a lot of good fundamentals associated with stock, you could see it drop 20%. And you're just like, I don't, I don't understand. Like everything, right. came you in, have no control. <laughs> like everything came in what the expectations were, but the fact that it didn't beat expectations by enough, everyone's like, Oh, you got to sell now. And so Again, I'm sure there are people that probably understand that way better than I do, but there's this something about the fact that you can go and purchase a property under under market, you can add value to it, and you see benefit not only from cash flow, but you're forcing appreciation into that property and kind of bringing it in line with the market. And then, uh, you know, you do that enough and you get a, you know enough cash flow that you can either replace your W-2 or you provide yourself a lot more flexibility. Like, Hey, maybe I don't need to work as much as I have been because I'm starting to get some cash flow from my rentals. So. Yeah. That flexibility and security, right. That you yeah. have for the future, which is, is such a good thing to have in the growth of, if you have a young family, if you have a, yeah. you know, yeah. Teenage kids or whatever, like getting that, that supplemental thing that's going to help out with, whatever your retirement is in the future, or even the, the, the being able to play with that money now, being able to use that now for investments that you want to, you want to have. I, I think it's a very smart way to think about it. I love the idea of one house at a time. I think sometimes we just want to, I know I do. I just want to go fast and get it all done. And, and <laughs> building on top of yourself, building wealth upon wealth upon wealth is, is so valuable and, and crucial. And I, I can tell how much you enjoy and love what you do. And that's, that's awesome. How can people connect with you and find out more about you? Yeah, I'm on all the different social medias. I mean, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Um, my, my own social media stuff is kind of going through some upgrades right now. So I'll have a, a, a new website coming out here shortly. Uh, so I can get you some details on that when that comes. Uh, otherwise, you can reach me at uh, Corey, C-O-R-E-Y at FWCinvestments.com which is my uh, my investment company's email address. 
Um, but yeah, in the future, I'll have out. I'll be finished building out my my process and it'll nice. be much more available. So that's great. That's awesome. Okay. Well, Corey, thank you for so much uh, information you've got us today. We end every show with four questions that I ask everybody and they're rapid fire answers. Are you willing to play? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Very cool. The first question is what is the highest and greatest responsibility you have on this earth? My kids. I mean, I have, I have three wonderful daughters and oh, cool. they mean everything to me. And I, you know, I do everything that I've done up to this point in life for them. So. Love it. What do you want as the ultimate outcome for your life? You know, I think everyone, when they get to that retirement age, it, you know, imagines that life on the beach, you know, kind of traveling. And so, I mean, that's, I don't necessarily want to stop doing what I'm doing, but I, you know, there's a point where I wanted to make it even more passive. Um, I've, I've chosen the life of being more active right now through managing my own personal portfolio, as well as doing some syndications and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I I'll look to kind of tone that down so I can just kind of enjoy the fruits of my labor um, at some point in the future. Love that. What do you consider true leadership to be? Uh, I mean, really by the, by example, I mean, um, this is something that kind of gets instilled in us in the Navy. It's, Hey, you can't go and tell someone to not screw around if they then turn around and see you that you're screwing around. So, I mean, that has to be one of the first tenets of it is you have to set the example and you, I mean, you, you, you don't necessarily need to be a perfect leader, but you at least need to accept responsibility and take appropriate actions if you do screw up somewhere so that, you hold yourself accountable because you can't really hold anyone else accountable if you're, if you're not doing it for yourself. Yeah, I totally agree. And I'm, I'm sure with your military service, you saw a lot of good and bad examples of that. So that's, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last question is the fact of the matter is we will all get to a place. Don't know when, hopefully it's a long time away where we will not be on this earth anymore, where we will have our last day. What experience do you hope to, or want to have, between now and dead? Ooh, uh, between now and dead. Um, you know, I, I would like to do just a lot more traveling. Um, I got to do a lot in the Navy, but there's some restrictions that are put on you when you're traveling around for Navy purposes. Sure. But just kind of being able to get out there and see everything that the world has to offer. Um, I've, I've gotten to obviously travel a lot more than a lot of people, but um, I really enjoy it and I look forward to doing that. Um, both travel from with just my wife and then travel with the family as well. So uh, I enjoy both of those type of trips. That's great. Wow. Well, thank you, Corey, so much for the wealth of knowledge you gave us for the insight into the real estate world and how to build up our own uh, wealth and portfolio. It really means a lot. Thank you for sharing. All right. I, again, thank you for having me on here. It was, it was great talking to you again. Yeah, you know what, um, everybody listening, I, I want you to realize the point that the reason why we bring the guests on that we do is we want to inspire you. We want to help you see a bigger opportunity and world than than the one that you're in. Whether you're living a big world right now, you can always go bigger. Or if you're living in a space where you want more, uh, maybe you don't have as much as you like, you don't have the opportunities you see in front of you. We bring on educators and people who inspire to be able to give you the um, knowledge you need to even just be curious, to, to reach out, to find out more about them. So I would highly recommend that if you're even thinking about 
have questions about, concerned about, not sure about anything in real estate, reach out to Corey and find out more. I'm sure you will gain even more knowledge than you did in the last 40 minutes that we spent together. So thank you, everybody. And again, if you are a subscriber to the show, thank you so much for being here. If you haven't, please subscribe and share it with friends or colleagues that you believe would benefit from the show. As always, our goal here is to magnify your purpose and ignite your passion in everything you do. We'll see you on the next episode, everybody. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Own Your Role podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you're alerted for every new episode we release. And don't forget to write us a review and let us know how we're doing. You can also follow me on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, all the social medias. Just search at Dino Watt. And if you'd like me to come and help your team or audience learn to own their role in person, make sure you go to DinoWatt.com for more details. I'll see you on the next episode.